What's up, guys? Welcome to TNT Sports Talk. Today is Tuesday, February 26th. As always, we're presented by D's Home Cuts. I'm your host, Travis Karcheski. Uh, just me again today. I know you were looking for an interview. I promised on Thursday we'd have an interview either today or on Thursday. But I'm just going to be you know, straight with you guys like I always am. We don't have any interviews on the books right now. We don't have any interview time scheduled yet. But we are in talks with two athletes to get them scheduled. Just some scheduling conflicts here and there make it a little bit tough to get it on the show this week. It is a possibility. Do not rule it out. It is a possibility we could get one or two, one of them on the show on Thursday. But it is not likely. If I had to be a betting man, if I had to guess, I would say we're going to have at least one next week. Maybe both. I don't know. Uh, you're going to have to tune in for that. But again... It's a great day. Again, I'm recording this on Monday. It's about 7.30 on Monday, February 25th. So if you can kind of figure out that math in your head right now, uh, you're listening to this on Tuesday, but we are recording on Monday. I am recording on Monday. And that is due to some scheduling conflicts with me tomorrow. I could get up at 5 and do the show again, but I feel like when I do it in the morning, uh, I'm tired. I'm a little bit low energy today. I feel good. I feel fresh. I feel ready to go for the show. It's like 7:30 right now, so I'm right in the prime time uh, energy moments of my day. So I think this will be a great show for you today. So make sure you tune in. It's been a testy Monday. Um, we usually don't record on Mondays. I don't mind Mondays. Uh, I, as most people, I like getting the week started, getting back into my routine. But people have been pretty testy today. You know, I've. My professors were a little angry. They were making some people cry today. It was just kind of like a, uh, a testy day for everybody. And, you know, I'm sitting here. Uh, I'm, I had a great day today. I had lunch with Truman today. We had a fun time. Uh, went to the golf simulator at uh, Ashland University. Played with Johnny a little bit. That was fun. Um, that was my first time ever at a golf simulator. That was a new experience for me. It was fun. Uh, the cl- Ashland, Ashland Rec Center um, has this golf simulator, like I said. And... They give you some clubs to play with, and the clubs aren't the best clubs. They aren't your clubs. They're not mine. Um, the ones I use personally, and you know, it's a mismatched hodgepodge type of situation. So I didn't even have a driver. Johnny's left-handed. I'm right-handed. I went with Johnny Glad. We've had Johnny Glad on the show multiple times, and we'll have him multiple times on it in the future because we're rooming with him next year for college, and chances are he's going to be on almost every schedule, almost every show, depending on how our schedules work out. Uh, so look forward to that. But I want Johnny Glad. Um, I've been trying to get more into golf lately. I've been listening to you know more golf stuff. I've been watching more golf here and there. I think it's an interesting sport, and I want to learn more about it, and I want to play more because I think it's really fun. So I've been so we went there, and uh, Johnny's left-handed, I'm right-handed, so we had to you know pick and choose. They have a different amount of clubs for right-handers and a different amount of clubs for left-handers. And they had a left-handed driver, but not a right-handed driver. I'm right-handed. And so that kind of sucks. I didn't really get to drive. That well, I had to use a three to drive, which sucked, you know. And the distances are kind of off. When I hit a good shot, I feel like it goes really far. It doesn't go as far as the golf simulator says what I think it does. Um, so I think it's a little off. And then there was no left-handed putter either. So Johnny had to, you know, putt righty, which was weird. It was just an awkward experience. But it was fun. Um, definitely going to be doing that a lot more. Uh, like I said, first time ever at a golf simulator, and I think it would really help me. Johnny's a pretty experienced, experienced golfer, and I think it would really help uh, to keep going with him because I think he'd teach me a little bit more. We want to bring our clubs, but we feel like if we brought our clubs down in the rec center, it's kind of it's kind of a, not a long walk, but it's like a walk through everybody. And to be the only two kids actually bringing you know, 
golf clubs into the rec center, you'd feel kind of uh, like an idiot. But we don't we don't know yet. We might do that later in the future. But it was a good experience. We actually played at Pebble Beach, which was cool. Uh, probably not the best decision for us. First time ever on a golf simulator. That's like my, you know, I'm really early on in my golf career. So probably p- playing at the hardest course on the simulator wasn't a great idea because I shot, uh, I think, like 16 on the first two holes and then an 8 on the third hole. I'm getting better, though. Uh, like I said, it, it got hard. Johnny didn't play that well either. It got hard trying to figure out how to use it uh, in the beginning. But once we figured it out and once we kind of, you know, got everything down, it became a little bit easier. And uh, we only had time for about three holes so uh, because of, you know, we had to meet Truman for lunch. But it was fun. Definitely experience, and I will definitely be doing that again. Um, so that's just what's been going on in my life. But we'll get to football right now. Sorry, I got a little sidetracked there. Uh, speaking of sidetracked, the Patriots, that Patriots dynasty. We're going to talk about what happened with the Patriots, a little bit of a sensitive subject for most people, but we'll dive right into it. But this is the problem with the Patriots, all right? I'm going to tell you that problem right after I explain the situation. I just, it frustrates me. So what happened was, I believe this was Friday, the news broke uh, that Robert Kraft, the Patriots owner, was caught on videotape attending a Asian massage parlor. Now, I personally have never attended one of these places, uh, but I do kind of know what goes on. And basically what goes on is stuff that, uh, you know, isn't PG rated, you know. And Robert Kraft attended these places. I don't know. I'm not sure how often. They have them on video at two separate occasions. But I'm guessing if you go two times, you're, you're more than likely you've been more than two times. If you're Robert Kraft, you're a millionaire, you're older, your wife passed away a couple years ago, I'm guessing you've been more than two times. But he attended this massage parlor, he got caught, they did a raid, a sting on this place. Uh, I forget the name of it, but definitely going to be, uh, it was I was funny because on Twitter, you know, people were taking pictures in front of it because it's not like the hot tourist spot. Um, but if you look at it, I get it's a funny joke, it's a funny story. You know, Robert Kraft visiting a, you know, prostitution basically type of place you know that's not it's funny i love making jokes about it and then people take it really seriously like you can take you can take this joke one of two ways you not this joke this story you can take this story either a serious way or a funny way um some people were taking it a funny way saying you know robert Kraft. Uh, attended these places and the people who work here are girls who are trafficked in and they just are forced to work day in and day out and yeah it sucks or you can take it in a funny way um, which I think a lot of people were doing as well because everybody hates the Patriots but here's my problem with the Patriots I don't like the Patriots 90% of the world hates the New England Patriots it's that small it's that small the Patriots fan base is made up of about 2% of the NFL fandom population, all right, true Patriots fans. These true Patriots fans were born in Boston, have some sort of connection somewhere to Boston, and they're allowed to root for them, right, and they root for them diehard. But then the rest of the Patriots fan base, however much that makes up, is basically just front-runner stuff like that, guys who, you know, usually don't watch football but just know the Patriots are their best team. So that's why people hate them. They don't like fans who are cocky. Uh, they deserve to be cocky. They don't like fans who are cocky. They don't like fans who, uh, you know, talk crap a lot and who are front runners, basically. But that's the Patriots fandom. But here's the thing: over the last three years, um, Patriots credibility has grown a lot. They've been in two Super Bowls the past couple of years. Um, 
you know, they lost one. They did win, you know, this one this year. Uh, and for the last couple of years, Patriot haters have been relying on uh, the tuck rule, uh, deflate gate, different stuff like that, the cheating um, gate with the Jets, taping the practice uh, with the Jets. Patriot haters, like me, that's our lifeline. We dig into that. We love to reach into that. But it's been a couple of years since we've had a scandal with the Patriots. But we got one now. We got a big, fat, juicy one sitting on our plates time and time again. And the Patriots do this so many times. There is no organization in the NFL that has this many scandals in this short amount of time. If the Patriots were scandal free, they'd have a million less haters. But they just some of this, some of these scandals are non, um, are not their fault, like the the, the, the Tuck rule. But the three major ones, the Flate Gate, uh, the ones where they're videotaping the Jets, and now. Uh, Robert Kraft's visit to a massage parlor, these type of things destroy them. And it destroys their credibility as fans because now me as a Patriot hater, I'm just going to throw this one at a Patriots fan's face every single time I see them. It's not a good look for the Patriots. It's not a good look for Patriots fans. And it's certainly not a good look for Robert Kraft and his camp. Uh, They're expecting, I'm not sure if he has been arrested, but they did put out an arrest warrant for him. Uh, I expect that to be served. I think I don't believe he'll spend time in jail as much people as much as people may want or may think. I think he'll end up getting out uh, because he is very rich. He is rich and he is powerful and he has connections. So don't expect him to uh, get out. But basically, I mean, he had he had uh, he visited this parlor when they caught him like the day of the AFC Championship game, and it's in Florida. So he flew down there. Did his thing with his prostitute and then flew back. Uh, I don't know what's going on there. And it's like, if you're that rich, that powerful, why are you spending $100 uh, for sex at a massage parlor? You think you could spend a little bit more money and get a little bit more close to home, a little bit safer. Um, But again, I don't know all the details, but this is just fantastic for me as a Patriots hater. Uh, And every other Patriot hater around the globe right now, we are elated with joy that Robert Kraft, Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, we have another tick on them. And it's just amazing. But like I said, if you just stayed clean, Patriots Nation, if you guys didn't have these issues, people wouldn't hate you as much. And if Brady stopped kissing everybody, if you stopped these two things, people wouldn't be able to hate you as much as you think. You've grown over the last couple of years because you haven't had a scandal since the Flategate, and that was like three, four years ago. But now you're just going to go back down and Patriot fans are just going to rail on you some more. Patriot haters are just going to rail on you some more. I don't understand why an organization like this can't stay clean. It's just annoying because teams like you look at like the Packers or something, they don't have these type of scandals and it's just frustrating. I guess with success, people are always trying to gun for you and maybe if a team like the Packers were as successful as the Patriots, people would be looking at them a little bit closer. But just, I don't understand this whole thing. And the people saying they should lose draft picks, they shouldn't lose draft picks over this. Jim Ursay did something, was way worse than Robert Kraft, uh, and he didn't get anything. He got a suspension, which I don't know how you suspend an owner. Um, but he got suspended for that, and I think they fine a couple hundred thousand dollars, which is nothing to these guys. So they should just do that, do the typical thing. You can't um, really ask to be taking away draft picks. This is not really a team type of thing. He doesn't play much into the team. He's just kind of the owner, oversees everything. But 
This is going to be a developing story, and it's going to be an interesting-ass story for the next couple days, and I'm so excited to just read all the details coming out of it. On Friday, they were talking about an even bigger name was indicated in this. That's not true, but uh, Jerry Jones fans and Cowboy fans all around the world were holding their breath when that came out because I'd be willing to bet about $90,000 that uh, if there was another owner, if, if, the, if somebody came to me, on Thursday, and they said, hey, Friday, uh, an NFL owner is going to be arrested for prostitution. Me and about uh, 95% of any person to ask that question that knows the NFL is going to guess that it's Jerry Jones. Robert Kraft would probably be pretty down on that list. Uh, Jerry Jones would be high, right up there, number one. Um, number two would probably be Jim Mercer, to be honest, just because he's got that vibe. Um but that's it for that. That's all I want to talk about with that story. NFL, we're still sticking there. Michael Crabtree was released uh, on Monday by the Ravens. Uh, just one season with them. Michael Crabtree's always been this guy who I think is underrated as an NFL wide receiver. Uh, he went to the 49ers. He was drafted there. Highly touted coming out of college. Uh, didn't go as high as most people expected. Uh, but he did produce a little bit. And then he went to the Raiders, where I think he had his best couple of years. Uh, and then he went to the Ravens, and they expected him to be that number one guy. He is not a number one wide receiver. Can we just state that as a fact right now? Michael Crabtree is always thought of as a number one guy. But I think he serves better in that number two role, which I think you're going to be able, a team is going to be able to get him on a cheap contract, and they're going to be able to put him at that number two role, Packers. Now, People hate on him. They say he's not that good of a wide receiver. He is a very good number two. He's not a good number one, um, and that's what I think the Ravens failed to see, and that's why they used him uh, in that number one role, and that's why he kind of didn't succeed there with the Ravens, and that's why he was cut after another one after another year. And you know, I guess he doesn't really. He's only he's 31 years old, um, so they're gonna save some cap room here, uh, and I think what they want to do. The Ravens is they want to make their wide receiver core uh, around uh, Lamar Jackson. They want some better blockers. They want some people who can stretch the field, who can run short intermediate routes uh, for Lamar Jackson. Because Lamar Jackson is not going to dazzle you with his long ball. They're going to want guys who can block for him, and they're going to want guys who can run short routes. So it's it's a it's a uh, I guess it's not really a sad cut because Michael Crabtree, you know, he was the tenth overall pick. And he's hasn't he hasn't panned out. His draft pick, where he was picked, and what he does in the NFL, there's a large gap. He's not he has never lived up to that number to that number one wide receiver tenth overall draft pick hype as much as people want him to or believe he can. He's just a number two guy, and that's okay. The NFL needs good number two wide receivers, and Michael Crabtree is that. And I think if he accepts that, he'll find some some more, some more success in the NFL on a new roster. So that's going to be an interesting point as to where he goes. Uh, next thing, not really NFL. We're talking AAF. Uh, I actually did watch this 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 uh, weekend. I had a couple of friends over Saturday night, uh, and we we put it on. We watched the Apollos versus the Express. Uh, the Apollos are a pretty good team. I think they're three and zero now. The Express are zero and two. Apollos are coached by Spurrier. Express is coached by Singletary. They made a move in that game. The Express they went they benched Hackenberg in favor of Zach Mettenberg, and Zach Mettenberger played really well for him. Um, 
But other than that, I, I didn't watch a lot of it. That's all I watched. I did see, though, I believe two times this uh, weekend, the onside kick rule was put into place and actually played in a game, which I love to see. I was waiting for that to happen. It was really cool to see them. Uh, what If you don't know, we'll explain that real quick. The onside kick rule in the AAF is it's not an onside kick. There's no onside kicks. You can't kick the ball and try to grab it. It is, you say, okay, we want to do an onside kick. or what, I don't know what they call it. And the ball is placed on your own 28, and it's 4th and 12, and you have to get the first down, obviously, and then you can keep going. I love that. I think the onside kick is so stupid. It's never. It doesn't work. It's very rarely that it works. It's it's you know not much of a chance. If a team, if your team gets an onside kick, you're almost certain they're not going to get it. Uh, but there is a small chance, which is why it is still an exciting play in football. I think this fourth and twelve thing though, it's got some feet. It's got some feet, and I think it's got something that the NFL could possibly adopt it into their rules, and I think fans would love it. But they did it two times this weekend. I can't remember what games. One of them was converted and one of them was missed. But I love it. I think it's a great rule. Uh, going to the game I watched, though. The pace of play is great. I think people. I think there is a um, there is a path for this league to succeed. And that certain path is going to be a last chance you type of thing, which we'll talk about last chance, last chance you in a minute. It's... The, the path for this league to make it is to be a last chance you place for coaches and players, both of those guys. There really isn't a path for them. There isn't a minor league system for the NFL as well as there is with baseball. That's why I think one of my, one of my thoughts with the AAF is they should take it, put more teams there, not a ton, not all 32. Um, and what they should do, is allow teams to play their practice squad players there. Give practice squad guys or roster guys on the fringe with the roster, give them a chance to go play in the AAF in the offseason. Now you're going to run the risk of injury, and that's always the possibility. But if these guys are right on the fringe of the roster, they're you know just camp arms or whatever, give them an opportunity to go to the AAF and show what they can do. Uh, and I think you'll find some success there with guys, you know, getting better uh, and possibly generating more talent into the NFL ranks. Uh, but I think that that's, that's just how it's going to have to work. It's not exciting enough for me yet. They have the big names, but it's not exciting for me enough yet to where I'm basing my schedule around it. Uh, watching Trent Richardson one run three yards up the middle for a touchdown isn't going to get it done for me. Watching Christian Hackenberg throw pick after pick isn't going to get it done for me. Um, I'm gonna need highlights. They're gonna have to hammer the social media. Social media's got to get into it. I know 12 ounce is working with them a little bit. They're covering it really closely, and I think that's a great idea to get behind these smaller sports networks looking to make a name. So these smaller sports networks will be able to promote it a little bit more for their, through their loyal fan base, and that's why I love that 12 ounce sports is sort of promoting it. And I think it's a great idea. Um, but that's the only way I think this league is going to succeed. Because the only reason I watched it this weekend is because there was nothing else on. Uh, the Rockets-Warriors game just finished up. And, uh, I mean, it was... No, I watched it before the Rockets-Warriors game. Um, one game... Duke and... Um, 
uh, Syracuse finished wrapped up. So we turned it on and we watched it for a couple seconds, and we you know we watched the rest of the second half. And it's exciting. Like I said, it's it's solid football. It's football, which is you know the one thing. But the you know, the offensive line and the quarterback play is pretty poor. Uh, but everybody else, it's it's an exciting league. There's a path for it. It's just got to continue to grow. And with that, it's got to make these changes that uh, I think could really help. All right, next thing. We're going to move to college, I guess you could say. Um, probably a storyline that if you are younger, you know about, or maybe not. Um, but there is a... Uh, a show on Netflix. It's a pretty popular show called Last Chance You, and uh, it's been it's like I said, it's been a really popular show the last couple of seasons. And you know, they started the first two years in Eastern Mississippi, which is I'll give you a quick premise of the show, which you've probably seen it. It's pretty popular. Basically, what Last Chance You is is it follows junior colleges around two junior colleges. Actually, there's been three seasons. About to be a fourth this summer. Three seasons. And it follows around these college programs, these junior college programs, and it goes into, you know, it takes like five or six players and it goes throughout the season and it follows these guys who were, you know, either not highly touted coming out of high school or they went to college, they went to a major D1 program, a major name coming out of college, and for whatever reason, it didn't work and they failed at the college they went to. They got in trouble, they got into drugs, you know, they got something happened with crime, uh, and they get kicked out of the school. And when a college star gets kicked out and a D1 guy gets kicked out, they end up in junior college. And that's where they have to play, and they have to play a whole season just to see if they can move up the ranks. There's been a ton of names. Um, you wouldn't even believe how many names have been through the junior college ranks. Just one guy off the top of my head, you know, Cam Newton played at junior college. It's a great opportunity for them. Also, uh, if they can't find a school to transfer to, they'll go down there and try to make a name for themselves. It's something that I think the AAF should kind of adopt in the NFL, but it is a great uh, system for college players. But whatever. So the first two seasons, they followed around eastern Mississippi, and uh, that was great. That's where it got its popularity. Um, some pretty big names in there, some guys that might be in the draft this year. Uh, but then they moved on to a school called Independence. I believe it's in Kansas, and they did the third season there. Now, the third season featured the coach at Independence called Jason Brown. His name is Jason Brown, and he is a character. He is a straight-up um, power-hungry coach. He's going to either you're going to either love him or hate him. There is no middle ground if you watch the season. Personally, as a guy who doesn't really, I just don't like him. All right, I don't think he's a good coach. I don't think he's a good guy. First of all, and this story kind of corroborates that. Um, he is a power hungry type of guy. He's got this swagger. He's a white guy, but he talks kind of black, uh, and he just thinks he's you know all that. And he's got this kind of cocky swagger about him, which has turned around this independence football program. But it also he destroys a lot of careers, I think. But he also builds some careers, uh, depending on who you talk to. He's brought in a lot of money to this independence football program. He's basically turned it completely around. Won a couple, you know, bowl games, junior college bowl games, uh, and turned. I believe the number was like 101 players. He turned back to Division Two. Uh, biggest name is probably Raheem Boyd. Uh, he played the starting running back at uh, Arkansas last year. Uh, he turned him back around. But you hear about all those successes, and then there's some not so you know 
successes, I guess you could say, that you don't hear about because in the show. Because all he does is talk about what he's done, what he's successfully done. He doesn't talk about the negatives around him. He is a jerk. He is cocky. He is arrogant. And he thinks he is the most important person onto the field. Now, some people like that. Some people enjoy uh, a guy like that. And I think, honestly, there's a place for it in junior college because these players that come to junior college, a decent amount of them uh, do not have the discipline that they need to play football. And, you know, they've been the star in high school. And, you know, their their coaches, when, they, when a star uh, gets recruited heavily in high school, his high school coaches and pretty much everybody around him just, you know, holds him on a pedestal. And then when he gets to college, he realizes that, the whole roster is made up of these guys, these superstars, and they start to fall and they fall into drugs and all that stuff. So you do, there is a place for it. I'm not going to lie to hold, you know, a coach like that, but he takes it too far. He swears out players. He's really quick to give up on guys. Again, you only see what the show shows you. So again, you don't really know he's had success, but the reason we're talking about him is he took it too far this time. And he recruited a player from Germany. Again, German foreign players could come to junior college because there's not much recruiting over there and earn you know some success there and get on to college. So junior, so foreign players come to there too, and basically what happened was this player got kicked off the team for some disciplinary discipline problems. I can't say the word, whatever. And the the texts were released. I think the player released it where. Uh, Jason Brown, Coach Brown, said that he is going to be this German player's new Hitler, uh, and he's just going to be on his ass, and he's just going to control him, and basically, he's going to be his dictator, he's going to be his Hitler. Referencing Hitler is not the best move, it's a bold move, I'll give him that, it's not the best move, um, it's bold. I wouldn't do it personally, I think the majority of coaches wouldn't do that, but I believe that's why this guy is still coaching junior college. And now today, it happened, I believe, Friday. And today they've, re- they've released him. He has resigned. It's been a mutual type of thing. But the problem I have with him, not only is he cocky, not only is he arrogant, not only does he treat players in a poor way. Uh, you saw that during the season. He didn't apologize. He just released. He got released. And he went on Twitter and tweeted this big, long paragraph document type thing basically just saying of all his awards is just everything he's done at his time at independence i don't agree with what he did i think everybody kind of agreed that he should have been fired and he was well he was released not fired uh but to not apologize and just that's the kind of guy he is though he doesn't accept responsibility for his failures he's not man enough to stand up and say you know i screwed up I shouldn't treat you that way. That's not how I should go. And if he was, he might actually have his job, but he doesn't. Because he was, I, it was a hard fire, I guarantee you, for Independence College. Because he's brought so much to them. You know, he showed his awards, and, you know, they are impressive. 101 players, two D1 schools, uh, the highest grade point average, I think, in junior college. You know, new facilities, a bunch of money. He brought Netflix to them. You know, Netflix came to uh, Independence College basically because of him, because he is so charismatic and so fun to watch but i think this is a good good uh idea for them he rubs players the wrong way and you know there is a place for it like i said his ability to to control players in this level your ability to succeed in a junior college level as a coach 
is your ability to control players who aren't used to being controlled or who do not like to be controlled. And it's hard. It's difficult. But you have to do it a certain way. You can't do it the way he did it. You can't just run full speed into it with your hair on fire and act like you're not you know, going to get people hurt because that's what happens. And I just think for him not to apologize, that was a mistake. And, uh, you know, he's rightfully, he should have been resigned. I don't know where he goes from here. Um, I'm sure he'll land up on his feet, though, because he is a good football coach. But you have to, you saw it in the first couple of seasons. That's why they left Eastern Mississippi. The coach there, I don't remember his name. Uh, He was a little bit like Coach Brown, but he wasn't as bad. But they just decided to leave. Because, again, he rubs players the wrong way. He rubs his staff the wrong way. Multiple times during that season, uh, Coach Brown got into fights with staff and players, which is just not acceptable if I'm a a, – a board member or whatever at that college. So I'm glad they got rid of him. I think it's time to get a new coach in there, and I believe last chance you will then move on to a different school. Uh, but, again, you saw it during the season. If you, I highly recommend the show. The show is fantastic. It really gives you a uh, kind of second look at certain players and stuff like that because when, when you see a player released from a, a school, your school, because a distant player, this is, I can't say the freaking word. When you see a player released because of certain reasons, you know whether it's stuff off the field or whatever, you don't really know where he ends up, but this is, gives you a good idea to where he'll end up or where he'll go. And it gives you a good idea to where a lot of the players you see on Sunday or even Saturday uh, have come from. So check it out. Last Chance You. It's on Netflix. Just binge watch it. You're going to want to binge watch it because you're not going to be able to stop. But again, Jason Brown, head coach of the Independence College, is now gone, and uh, I believe it's a good move. He should apologize. If he apologizes, I bet you he get another job like that, but he probably won't because that's just the type of guy he is. So that's it for that. Uh, we are going to move on now to NBA and baseball. I got to watch my first baseball game this weekend. It was so exciting. Uh, but before that, I had to remind you guys about my guy, Dom at D's Home Cuts. We say it on every show. It's presented by D's Home Cuts. That's the show. That's our show, TNT Sports Talk, presented by our guy Dom at D's Home Cuts. D's Home Cuts is the best place around Northeast Ohio for a great haircut at a low price. For only $7, D's Home Cuts will provide you with a modern haircut and styling. Check him out on Instagram at D's Home Cuts. Let me tell you guys something. Dom has been on the show multiple times. We've been best friends with him for years. And I trust him with every single piece of the hair, every single piece of hair on my head. He does a great job. He treats every single hair on your head with so much respect and dignity, and you end up looking fantastic. Me and Truman, 90% of the guests on our show, have gotten their hair cut at least once, and I'd say even 80% of them have been lifelong clients for him. Not lifelong, but lifelong clients now. But he does a great job. Every time you go into the shop, you're going to get a professional cut. If you don't know what you like, if you don't know what you want, just go in there. He'll show you what you, what you should get, and he'll fix you up nice. And it's nice to say you have your own personal barber, too. It gives you this kind of cool style to, to flex on the ladies with. So check him out, D's Home Cuts. You can also check out his YouTube page. Not only is Dom a barber, he is now a uh, fitness loss. I would even go up to the level to say expert. Dom, a couple a couple months ago, he was an overweight kid. I think he was at, I'm not sure what his weight was, 
But he knew that and he completely changed his lifestyle. He's lost about 90 pounds now and he's helping other kids in his situation like college. So difficult to lose weight in college. He's helping these kids lose weight as well. Uh, so check it out. Follow his YouTube page, Unlimited Dom. He posts video after video. It's insane. The kid has an awesome work ethic and he's going to treat your hair with respect. Uh, so go check him out. D's Home Cuts, Unlimited Dom is his YouTube page, D's Home Cuts Instagram. Send him a DM, send him uh, a couple questions you have, and set up an appointment now because you're definitely going to want that cut. Speaking of cut, the fresh grass is cut in Goodyear Ballpark. The sun is out. The Everybody's feeling good in Goodyear Ballpark, and I got to witness that. This last Saturday, when I got to watch my Indians take on the Cincinnati Reds on TV, spring training baseball is back. It was so much fun to watch and experience. Baseball is back, and I'm so excited for it. I cannot wait for regular season baseball. Just like spring training baseball is like such a tease. You just, you know, the first game, you know, in the first couple of innings, you know, the, the players who usually play are playing. Like, Jose Ramirez was playing in this game on Saturday. Plutko was pitching. He pitches in a couple games every year, um, this last year. And it's such a tease. But then you get to watch these prospects play. And when you're a baseball fan like me, um, you get to love watching the prospects play. I love watching that. I love going to minor league games and stuff like that. Because it's so much fun to watch these guys play. And uh, they bring a whole new energy to the ballpark and to the, the – uh, uh, to the team, to the club. It's just so much fun to watch. But the Indians, yeah, that was on Saturday. I got to watch them play. Tyler Naquin hit a home run. Everybody looked good. It was a good game all around for everybody. Uh, we ended up getting the win. Uh, and it was so much fun to watch. I, I, I went to the store. I bought some sunflower seeds and some peanuts. And I just sat there and I ate some peanuts and sunflower seeds and just watched baseball. You know, it was cold out. It was windy out outside. But for about three hours, I was able to tune in to baseball and just experience that and kind of take me back to summertime at the ballpark. It was so much fun, uh, and I cannot wait for their next televised game on Wednesday. Uh, but something I did notice in this game, they're using the pitch clock. Um, I think it's 30 seconds a pitcher gets to uh, pitch the ball, and the game def definitely, definitely moved faster. Guys like John Lester don't like it, but for a fan – um, I don't consider myself a baseball purist. I think the game needs to adapt to the times. Uh, don't speed it up to where it's like a two-hour-long game. I don't like that. But games that definitely go over, you know, four hours just aren't that exciting to watch. Uh, unless it's extra innings, and that's fine. I think the pitch clock, there's a place for it. I think some pitchers take a little bit too long to pitch. I think 30 seconds is what it's at right now is a great idea. Um... I can check, actually, see how long it is. But 30 seconds right now is a great idea. I think it speeds up the game. It's going to get younger fans more into it. Um, uh, 20 seconds, actually. So it's a lot shorter than what I thought. But it is a good way to speed up the game. A game that I think needs sp sped up due to just the times we're living in. And I definitely noticed it. It wasn't something where at first you're like watching these pitchers, you know, just go, 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 and go. And you could see him obviously getting tired. I didn't see that. But what I did see was the game moving along quickly, 
not quickly, at a good pace, and to the point where we were in like the fourth or fifth inning, and I looked at my phone, and I saw the time, and I was a little shocked, and then I realized, oh, the pitching clock. It's not something you notice. It's not like as soon as you turn it on, you're going to notice, and you're going to go, oh, it's a pitching clock. But it is something where a little bit later on in the game, you're going to see how quickly it's going, and you're going to actually appreciate how fast it was going. Because by the end, I was done before everybody came over, and I was able to get the full game in. So I do like it. I think there's a place for it, and I think fans and players should definitely get used to it and get excited for it. Because I think it's going to speed up pace of play and inject some younger fan bases, a younger, a younger fan audience into uh, the game of baseball, which so desperately needs a little bit more life. Uh, right now and for it to succeed long term which it will uh, to really succeed long term you're going to need to find a, uh, a way to, to speed up the game so the next thing with baseball Aaron Hicks the outfielder for the Yankees signed a 7 year 70 million dollar contract extension he's only 29 years old he's one of the uh, he's a former top prospect they traded for him from Minnesota in 2015 he's been an everyday player for them now, he hasn't been hitting great. He only hit 250 last year, but he had 27 home runs, so he does have some power. He is going to be somebody, he is somebody with a lot of potential, and he does it, like I said, a lot of power, and I think adding him to your outfield for the next seven years is a good addition for the Yankees, and I think it's a great signing overall. Speaking of signings, the Indians, late Saturday night, if you didn't catch it, they signed Hanley Ramirez to a minor league deal. Um, Hanley has been out of baseball. I think he was out of baseball last year after he was uh, waived by the uh, Red Sox. He was, a, he is a former superstar uh, in this league. He hasn't been able to do what he once did um, a couple years ago, but he is still a great player. And you saw some videos of him playing in the minors or in like the Dominican Independent League or whatever it was. He still, he still has that power in his bat. And I think the Indians could definitely, definitely use that uh, in their camp right now. Where he plays, I don't know. If he does make the team, it's a minor league deal. But if he does make the team, uh, I think he could slide into that DH role. Now, where that factors in Bowers and Santana, I'm not sure. I think if Hanley does play well enough, I think what they'll end up doing is Bowers can play outfield, so maybe they'll move him there. Hanley in DH role and Santana at first. And that's the plan, I think. If Matt Joyce, who was another non-roster invitee, minor league deal type of guy, if Matt Joyce would have panned out, I think he would have made the team. He's an outfielder, though, uh, but he was still played more of that DH, traditional DH role. Um, but it is a good signing for them. He brings a lot of fun. I know a lot of Boston fans uh, were telling me that he does bring fun to this organization and uh, to whatever team he plays for. He brings a lot of fun, and uh, it's going to be – cool to see him kind of you know rise through the ranks and slowly make his way onto the team you know he does have experience with francona because he did he was there uh when francona was the manager he was in the minors and he was a pretty highly tied prospect for them uh so i'm excited to bring hanley ramirez to the indians and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch him for the next uh year or so hopefully he does make some waves uh from there but that's it for that. Uh, I was going to talk a little basketball, although, you know, honestly, there's not much going on in the NBA world today. Um, so we'll wrap up the show in a second. The only thing I guess you could talk about is LeBron and the Lakers. They lost to the Pelicans the other day without Anthony Davis. So it's ugly right now in Los Angeles. 
And I think it's a lot of it's been covered up by the fact that uh, nobody really watches the Lakers just because it's so late to watch them. It's so hard to watch them because they're usually on so late. Um, but it has been a rough season for them. LeBron, I didn't think, expected it to be this difficult. And you can kind of see him slowly give up. I think he is giving up. And uh, I don't want to – LeBron fans are going to kill me for that. But he is. He's given up. You can kind of tell. And uh, it's not going to be much longer before he is gone uh, from the Lakers. And I don't think he's ever going to win a championship there unless he signs a big free agent, uh, which I don't believe he will. Uh, so that's it for the show today. Again, a little bit shorter of a show. But we are going to have a huge show for you on Thursday because we're going to talk Combine, all things Combine. It's going to be starting on Thursday, but we'll, we'll break it down for you. Um, I do apologize if there is any news that breaks between now and Tuesday morning, which is when we would usually uh, record the show. I do apologize. That's my fault. Hopefully nothing big goes down like Bryce Harper, which we're still waiting on. Um, but if it does, that's the risk I run as a sports uh, reporter, podcaster. Uh, so I apologize for that if something does happen. But that's it for our show today. We want to thank you to our sponsor, D's Home Cuts. We ask that you go on to our iTunes, give us five stars, rate, review us, and subscribe. Guys, we're trying to get our show out there. By word of mouth, is honest. Like You can rate, review, subscribe. You can retweet us all you want. Start talking about us. We would love for you to you know, sh- show your friends. Uh, if Let's say if you retweet us, or no, if you quote tweet us and like tag three of your friends, we'll give you a retweet. We'll shout you out. We really would love for you to start talking, spreading this show around. Uh, I believe this show, we'll talk about it in a second. But again, go to iTunes, give us five stars, rate, review, subscribe. Find us on Spotify. Find us on, uh, I, like I said, iTunes, YouTube. We got our YouTube page. Listen to us tomorrow on 12OunceSports.com from 7 to 8 a.m. on your drive there. Again, 12 Ounce Sports is doing big things right now. They're getting in on the ground floor with the AAF, and it's going to be great to see how they grow with them. Um, uh, follow us also on GrandOldSports.com, another great website we partnered with. And then our Twitter. Our Twitter is the best place for, us to, for you to reach us. Our DMs are open. Send us questions, comments, concerns. If you want to be a guest, if you want to be interviewed, if you have interviews for us, send us a DM and we will definitely reach you and get you back. We actually respond pretty quickly. Um, But that's it, like I said, for our show. But my uh, prediction on the show is we are about to skyrocket. We right now, we're right there. We're, We're scratching the surface with interviews. We are, you know, slowly making ourselves, we're slowly backing down people into the post right now and making a way into the sports media market and i'm telling you guys right now we are about to skyrocket i think once truman and i fully combine we're going to be back next week because we're on spring break once we fully combine our powers again and we'll be living together next year and i'm just doing all the podcasts with him i think we're going to skyrocket so get in now tell your friends now you're going to want to get in on the ground floor with us as we get better every single week every single show Every single interview, we're just trying to get better. So make sure you you check in. Uh, we'd love to get you on now because I think we're going to skyrocket here in a couple weeks. So check us out on Twitter. We're getting that Instagram up. That's happening this week. I'm telling you right now. It's my promise to you. The Instagram will be back up. We'll get into it this week. But guys, spread the word about TNT Sports Talk because we are growing. We're about to be. The, we are the fastest growing sports podcast in the world today. So check us out. Make sure you tell your friends. Tell your family. 
if you want, ever want to come on and give your sports take, I always got a seat for you right here, and we'd love to have you on. So that's it for our show. Have a great day. Tune in on Thursday. We thank you for listening. As always, uh, have a great day, and go Pack Go.